Hello, and you are listening to Squash Radio. This is a brand new podcast that wants to bring the inside of squash to life by serving up the best stories. This whole station was a little experiment in itself. We are pushing this even further by testing new ways of getting you these stories. We now have short five to 10 minute video recaps available online. We are trying shorter interviews, capturing people in their moment. And coming up, we are teaming up with some people to do some on-site coverage of events since we can't be everywhere. But here's where we need some help. We are still very small, but have big dreams. Can you help us get the word out, spread the news? Small things could help, like do you have a website and want to embed Squash Radio? We can share simple code and boom, Squash Radio can be right there with new episodes automatically downloaded. Or support us on social media. Any of these things would be extremely appreciated. Want to get in touch with us? Well, there are lots of ways. Any of the social media messaging apps or email us at squashradio at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we hope you enjoy. What about this? This call is being recorded. Hey there, Squash fans, and welcome to Squash Radio. So our guest today is someone I've known and worked with for over the past 10 years now, dating back to when I first started working at U.S. Squash as director of junior squash. And he was a top-ranked national junior player in the country. Even at a young age, he had a quiet strength about him, tremendous sportsmanship and good nature, as well as a phenomenal work ethic. And all of these characteristics have just amplified over the years. I am talking about the recently crowned U.S. national champion, Chris Hansen. Before becoming national champion, Chris was part of the junior national team squad, and during his college years at Dartmouth, he was four-time first-team All-Ivy, three-time first-team All-American, as well as excelling in his studies as he was a two-time CSA scholar-athlete. And to punctuate both his college career as well as his character, he was honored with the Skillman Award for Sportsmanship his senior year. We caught Chris on the heels of winning the national championship, and we talked to him briefly about his journey to this milestone accomplishment. His path was peppered with adversity that came in the form of a series of injuries that many could have or would have hung up their racket. But Chris talks us through how he navigated his recovery. This is where we jump in with Chris talking through his recent injuries. Yeah, so I, I, well, I started with the first injury um, last March. I rolled my ankle in, uh, in Winnipeg and, and tore the ligaments. I was playing really good squash, or I, I felt like I was. Um, had a couple good results and, and was going into Nationals 2016 the week after and I was I, re- I was really feeling like that was going to be my year and so that that ankle injury was really unfortunate and and uh you know so I was disappointed so I got home and um you know went went to rehab for it um physical therapy and unfortunately after three weeks tore another ligament in my ankle so instead of moving in the right direction I was set back again so the whole the whole ankle injury ended up taking about 16 weeks to heal. You know, I finally went to uh, Rock Positano at HSS in New York, and he uh, he was incredible. Got my ankle um, all back, but but you know, I, I think I had been training for about a week uh, back from this injury in June when I got into this car accident. Tuck it. It was really unfortunate, and everybody else was fine. 
but I uh, hit my head pretty hard and, and sustained a concussion and, and whiplash. And, uh, you know, I, 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 uh, I really just didn't understand how, <laughs> how bad it was till I tried to play squash again a, a couple of weeks later. Um, I just, I, I really struggled to handle the lights and the ball wow. and just going back yeah. to training, you know, everything around it was just, uh, it was just too intense, yeah. you know? So most, most days I was, um, most days I was, uh, just hanging at home essentially in the dark, just letting my brain recover. But, um, it got to a point where, you know, I, I hadn't done anything for so long that, that I just, I just became very, very nervous about, you know, even getting back into playing again and definitely, you know, started to think about doing other things or, or if I could do other things. Uh, because I just, you know, I just didn't really, I, I didn't know how long it would last. And, you know, it, concussions are, are a tricky thing. And, and that's the first thing that all the doctors told me um, that they just don't know too much about it, which, yeah. which doesn't, didn't make me feel great. But, you know, I, at least they were, they were honest about that. And they just said I needed to let it take its course. And ho- hopefully, <laughs> hopefully sooner rather than later, I'd be back to playing again. And uh, and Rod Martin, uh, my coach, who pushed me to to test the limits of how I felt, and you know didn't didn't baby me through it, and and really you know pushed me to get back on court. And and uh, even though I mean it was really it was really nerve wracking for me. I you know would struggle to go to training and and handle the whole session and feel like I could do it. You know really up until about the end of December, I played a couple tournaments in. October and November and I did not have the results I wanted and that wasn't a confidence boost but I really hadn't done enough training to feel like I was back so starting around the end of December I finally felt like I was coming out of this almost this haze uh, you know this fog of the concussion that you know Rod was like you know I need you to I need you to put in the work or else you know it's just there's no point um, and that's when I started training pretty hard again and then things just started to come from that. So I, I essentially, you know, just said to myself, all right, just show up at training every day and just, you know, even if you're, even if you're not feeling great, you're just going to go through the motions every day and just do your best. And, uh, you know, that was, that was kind of the, the way forward for me out of this like brutal space that I was in. Um, so that was, yeah, that was, that was my injured 2016 year. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, so coming into, the the SL Green, would you and Rod talk about what what your goals were for for the event? Yeah, it was funny, actually. So I, you know, after I I started training again and and really, you know, got back into playing on tour and had a couple of good results on PSA and then a couple of bad results, still very up and down. You know, Rod did a funny thing with me that I think I think really worked. He said, I want you to essentially go into nationals and just focus on like the very basics of squash, because at the moment you might not be in a position to win this tournament, but you can get there next year and you're going to do your best this weekend, but you need to go back to focusing on, you know, how, how do you play the game the right way Um, and, and stop focusing on results so much. And and somehow, <laughs> you know, just by focusing on the, the small, small things about my game, you know, my length, getting the ball to the back wall consistently, cutting balls off across the middle, you know, being patient and not going for shots from nowhere. 
being a it being the physical player that I practice being and that you know sometimes doesn't show in in my actual matches is uh is what actually ended up you know winning me the tournament for sure. Next, Chris takes us through a routine he recently adopted to help propel him to compete at his best. Like many lessons we learn through squash, we think this is both helpful on and off court. Yeah, you know, I think it's uh, I think it's um hard to do, but I finally finally found a way to before the match sit down and relax and zone in on exactly what I wanted to do in the match and the other thing I did was just repeat to myself how much I just love to compete and how much I love being in the moment in the game playing and how much that really means like means a lot more to me than the like actual actually winning and just by doing that, I convince myself to get myself to stay in the moment. And so when I go from talking to myself like that before the match to right before the match, talking to Rod about what the tactics are, the combination of those two allowed me to just really just stay there. And I think it showed that for the most part, I stuck with my game plan. Even after the match evened up at, at one all, I still pushed through. And uh, I mean, I changed one or two little things given uh, Rod's advice, but uh, after that, was able to just continue to focus on point by point. It's hard to do. So I was, I, honestly, I was, I was pretty happy with myself um, because I've been, I've, I've been known, especially you know, I've been, I, I know this about myself to have thoughts creep in all the time about what, what a win will do for you, what does it mean if you lose, you know, just overthinking situations. So to quiet all that down for this one tournament was, uh, was a big breakthrough for me. In many regards. Prior to the championship weekend, Chris's squash career was already a huge success story. With significant achievements at the junior, collegiate, Team USA, and professional level, but adding your name in the history books by being engraved on the SL Green trophy puts you in a different category. Chris becomes the 59th name in the 110-year history of these championships and is the 13th champion in the past three decades of softball to be added. Now listen to this humble athlete react just days after becoming the U.S. national champion. This is I, honestly, this is this has been a, uh, a dream since I was a young player to to win this, and so uh, this this was everything that I have ever worked for, um, not just in the last few months and, and years that I that I've stayed in this game for. Um, so I. It, it was absolutely surreal on on Saturday night, and um, yeah, I, I mean, I think I'm still processing it <laughs> and trying to enjoy it. But I mean, it meant meant everything to me, and it's it's funny. It's almost like a it's it's two things. It's it's a so it's like a weight off my shoulders that I finally did it, and it's also an incredible energy booster um, to make me want to seek a new goal and and uh to to stay stay sharp and hungry and and go for more especially after last year re-energized my uh love and, and passion for for squash like many athletes from all sports most people only see the athletes perform and compete but beyond the individual there is a support network and team behind them helping them achieve their goals chris takes a few moments to share his team and thank those who helped him through one of his most challenging parts in his life and certainly his squash career. First and foremost, my family was there through me through these pretty pretty tough times last year, kind of down and out, and, and doubting whether I 
could play. You know, they were there to 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 be there. My girlfriend Megan, my mom, my sister, and then my coach Rod, who just really, like I said, didn't didn't give me uh, any time to cry. <laughs> uh, you know, I just said we got to get you back out there, and uh, you know, you can do it. You can do it. You know, I don't want to hear that you can't do it. So that was unbelievable. And you know, I called um, Rich and 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 Kevin and and Paul last year, and I said. I said, listen, guys, I really, I'm in a bad place, and um, I don't know, uh, you know, what, what this, what, how this is going to kind of shake out for me. I just, you know, with this concussion and not knowing the time frame, what my future is going to be like, and, and they were nothing but, but supportive and saying, and saying, you know what, you have put in the hard work for us, and, and we're here for you now. We'll stick with you. And, and that meant a lot to me to feel that support from them and to know that wasn't alone in this. And it just, uh, you know, yeah, like I said, it's, it's, it's probably one of the, one of the worst times for me. And, and to have that kind of support was, uh, unbelievable. Um, uh, so yeah, and I just like to, you know, thank my, my sponsors, you know, who have done such a great job with me and, and continue to do so, um, to help my career, uh, hammer nutrition motto, uh, sparkling match of tea, Control the Tea Sports, uh, Equinox, and LED Squash Lighting. You can check them out more on my on my website at hansonsquash.com or on my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash hansonsquash. Definitely go and check them out. They, they have some great, great products, and, you know, they just have been so great to me and supporting me to, to get to this, to this point. you so much for your time today and for joining us on squash radio we hope you enjoyed this latest episode but before you leave we just have one quick last message as you know squash radio wants to help tell some of the best stories from squash world but in order to do that we want and welcome your help do you know a person or a story that involves squash that is interesting, funny, moved you, you care about, reflects your passion for the sport, well, share it with us and let's try and get it out there on the air. You can email me at squashradio at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media. Again, thanks for your time and, well, until next time, be well and have fun. Mm-hmm.